Post podcast. I'm your host, as always, Aaron Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I like to invite guests and performers from my stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. Exciting! <laughs> this week, we have a super special guest, <laughs> actor and comedic performer, Jessica Greco. Hello. Hello, Jessica. Hello. I know you're a little horse today. I am. I'm a little horse. Because you just finished a huge run of... 32 short sketches about bees at the Toronto Fringe. Yes! yes! Which I saw your very last show because you won Patron's Pick. That's correct. And you got an extra show. Yep. And we saw, me, Matt and I saw the extra show. Which was very sweet of you guys to come. We fucking loved it. <laughs> As we're saying, we're chatting a little bit before the podcast. We're just saying it's it was it's so dumb. It's so dumb. If for those in in the best way though, what the show is, it literally is thirty two short sketches about bees. (laughs) There's no mystery here of what we do. We do as many sketches as possible in an hour um, about bees and bee related and bee related bee adjacent themes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the whole show. And we won patrons pick, and then we went on to win the Second City Awards. So depending on when this comes out, you still have a chance to see it this fall. Which, amazing. Uh, congrats. Thank you. About that. And that's so funny. So dumb. <laughs> but for this show, you won two awards? Apparently, we tapped into something that's really resonating in the zeitgeist of culture right now. And that's bees. Which you all can't see, though. Aaron's wearing a bee necklace. I am. I'm wearing my bee <laughs> necklace. And actually, Jessica, you probably don't realize, this is my engagement what necklace how this, did that happen uh it, it was on a ring th- as my engagement ring okay uh but the ring was kind of crappy it was like an adjustable ring it was like kind of a dollar store ring okay. and it wasn't very comfortable and also just it's pretty large so it's kind of cumbersome right. as a ring and i was like i'm gonna get bring it to a jeweler and actually put on a nice necklace so i can actually wear it do you love bees like is there a story behind oh the yeah bee? the bee is like huge in our <laughs> In our relationship. I think it's like our, our relationship spirit animal, essentially. Like <laughs> They don't we... know that they can fly, but they can. <laughs> I'm lousy with bee facts, so I can just keep drawing parallels if you want. Great. Let's just talk about bees for okay, yeah. the next hour. Sex show, Great. please. Birds and the bees. Bee. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. But anyways, us going to see the show was like... Extra special for Matt and I to see the bee show (laughs) for obvious reasons. (laughs) Anyway, not about bees. Oh, God, yes, please. I'm so sick of bees. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm totally, I'm sure you are. 32 sketches a night about bees. Two weeks later. Twice on Sunday. Oh, my God. Kill me. That's so funny, though. It was so good, though. And you you were so good. Thank you. Um, And... It's funny, where I met you, I can't believe I hadn't seen you perform before. Yeah, that's odd. How has that not happened? I don't know. I don't know either, but but tell people how I came across you. So, um, my friend and a, a person who's also been on this show, Shannon LaHaye, was performing on the Bedpost show. Yeah. Um, and she was doing a storytelling piece uh, that she was really excited about, but a little bit nervous about, so I wanted to come and support her. 
Um, and I'd never been to the Bedpost show, so I was blown away. First of all, I oh. loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing and brave. And you had a full house, and it was really – and Matt was at the door. It was just – it was a really warm <laughs> environment. I don't know. It felt really good. Thank you. And then one of the people who performed on that show – was doing something that they had done on a previous show that you had seen where she was to go on... I didn't realize at the time. She was supposed to go on as many dates as possible. So she was grabbing volunteers from the audience and bringing them up and going on just on a one-on-one date. And then she would just move along throughout the course of her set time, which was, what, 15 minutes? Yes, yeah. And uh, she was really cute. Oh, yeah. And she was looking at the audience, explaining the... the Premise. Premise of of the show... And I just, like, put both... I was standing at the very background. I just put both my hands up in the air because I was not going to miss the opportunity to go on a date with this gorgeous, sweet, like, I want to go on a date with someone in the audience. Me! Pick me! <laughs> and Shannon literally just two-hand pushed me down the aisle with, like, just enough momentum that I just kept walking. With, with both, both hands, hands in the, in the air. air. She's still talking. Like, I walked up on stage. She never picked me. I just... I just... And you Shannon pick, said it was my you. tribute moment, like, from... Uh, Catch fire where it's like, I can do the volunteers' tribute. I will do it. And I sat down and went on a date with her, and it lasted the whole 15 minutes. She never set. got to date anybody else. And she, and she gave me her number. Out. Yes. <laughs> no big deal. And I was like, first of all, just such a cool idea for a set. Yeah. Like, like, I was like, that is the coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever seen on stage. But you were so funny like you hit all like you you made real dating moments happen <laughs> like like some flirting yeah, yeah you know uh you you kind of you called her out on some things you know what I mean yeah, like no, like you were you were you weren't letting her get I was away on with a date you were, <laughs> yes you were I was on a date I was like this I was parlaying this into a date come hell or high water yes. and I really remember thinking like Dum dums in the audience who did not get up faster. <laughs> like, I was like, shame on all of you. You you should have gotten up faster if you wanted to be up here. I've got this one now. But you were so good. Like you were just so you were confident. You were like, it was just so impressive to see you up, see you up there. And for for sure, you were on a date. You were in date mode. Yeah. Like you were. The moment she said it, I was going on a date with that girl. The moment she explained the premise to me, we were on a, we were going on a date, and I didn't even hear that she was supposed to go on other dates with other people. So that never occurred to me that I was going to get booted off the stage. Just selective hearing. Selective like, hearing entirely. Didn't even hear it. Entirely. But that's kind of where I'm best. I, work, I do really well one-on-one with people. Uh, I think I'm I'm a I'm a Meisner trained actor, which I don't want to bring that up into this at all. But it's really good at it's, it's taught me to observe people's behavior really well, um, and also get really comfortable in situations where I'm uncomfortable. So I was nervous, but I was up there with her, so I'm like, she's probably nervous too. So yeah. we'll just be nervous together, and it doesn't matter because we're together, and it'll be fine, even though we don't know each other. What a and good it just mindset. Turned into fun. What a good mindset. Which is generally how I approach dates as well. Yeah, so. yeah. You're both nervous on yeah. a first date. Like yeah. everybody's nervous, so just accept it. Yeah. We're both gonna be super awkward yeah. and let's just It's like the first time you have sex. It's all of those first things where you're just like, I don't know yet. I don't know if you like me or if you think I'm cool or if you think I'm attractive, so I'm but just the gonna other dive person in. is thinking the exact, exact same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So just try to just roll with it. it. Just and sit in it and be like, Cool, we're in it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sit in it. Yeah. The uncomfortable feeling. So do you do you go on casual dates often? Not often. I find that that's actually a thing that's sort of dying out a little bit. Do you maybe, think? Well, maybe it's also my age. Like, I'm 37. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, 
culturally speaking, what I've noticed is the idea of like asking someone to dinner. Yes. Is not done anymore. What not is not exclusively, but for the most part, it's an unusual thing. I've been asked out on more dates in the classic sense by guys who are like 10, 15 years younger than me than guys sort of in my age range. Hmm. Um, and I think it's just this idea one, social media. We mm-hmm. meet on social media, or dating apps, we like stuff, we communicate via our phones without actually talking on the phone, it's text messages or messages. Um, and so the whole idea of casual dating, it's like all this preview information that shows up before you actually sit down with someone, which I don't like. Yeah, you already know so much about them yeah. from all their profiles, from I their Google pictures. You, from their... I, I checked out how many mutual friends we have on Facebook. Yeah. I don't like any of that. I like meeting someone like I did that night or picking someone I pick someone up in a bar or I'll leave my number for the waiter like I am that kind of person that just likes that a real date a real, a real first date, date a real first date just to see where you don't know the person no. and you're for real are meeting them and 100%. asking questions 100% yeah because on a on a first date say uh where you've met on like a dating platform I feel like it, it kind of puts a weird spin on the date because you yeah. already know all that information about the person. And that's all the stuff that you would be usually talking about on and a first date. And discovering. That's the fun part. You get to discover these things that you have in common or you don't have in common that are differences that can be fun and exciting. Yeah. But I don't want a bunch of information about someone before I go in. I yeah. want to just like sit in a room and first of all, see if I like the way they smell. And if there's chemistry and can they look me in the eye? Are they nervous? Like all those things. The energy stuff that you can only get when you're in front of the person. So I do casual date uh, when the opportunity presents itself, but not as much as I'd like. How about that? Not as much as I'd like. (laughs) You'd like to date a little more? I do. I like dating. I'm very good at it. That's funny. (laughs) That's such a weird thing to say. No, that's a great thing to say because most people hate dating, hate like first dates. Right. And just, like, I know people that are just like, I suck at first dates. I'm great at first. I Good mean, you watched me you. go on one. I'm great at first dates. I did, and you are. I'm great at first dates. Where do you source that? It's a date. There's absolutely no commitment there. You don't want to see him again, you don't see him again. Right. Yeah, you, you literally don't even have to message each other no. afterwards. Or you can go home with them. Yeah. Or you can go home with them and then never see them again. Like, it's kind <laughs> of, it's such a grab bag opportunity of meeting people. And I love people and the opportunity to sort of have an intimate connection with someone. Whomever that is, whatever the circumstance. So. And whatever type of connection it happens so to be. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy going on a date just to meet a person as yeah. well. Even if there's no, there's no sex that happens or maybe there's a nice kiss or something like that. I, I enjoy, I still enjoy, like you're kind of saying, just sitting down and meeting the person, talking to the person. Yeah. And finding out about another person and seeing what's, the ex- just the excitement of like, you know, who is this person and is anything going to come of it? And We've all become really socially awkward and we don't want to do it anymore. We want to, like, preview them. Yeah. And I don't want to preview them. You want to screen them before yeah. you even get there. I also, I, I started acting at a really young, well, not a real, I was a young teenager and when the internet was still new, I'm so old. <laughs> but, like, I was Googleable before there was Facebook. And oh. I remember that being a really off-putting thing for me when people would meet me. Um, and, and already would, know you. And already know me. And I really hated that. I really wanted the anonymity of, like, you get to know me, I get to know you. Yeah, the and, equal playing field yeah, of... of social interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that became, a, that became sort of ingrained in me as, as, like, a teenager. And I think it just carried through. I think that's fucking great. Right um, so about sex, what type of... What types of sex do you enjoy? 
<laughs> what do you enjoy That's the most? It's a big question. It's a big question. Mm. Big loaded question. I like sex with someone that I'm in a committed relationship with. Yeah. That is probably my favorite type of sex. Not because I'm big on commitment, but because I find that when you're in a relationship with someone, people tend to be more relaxed mm-hmm. and unguarded and free to experiment. Um, it's a safer uh, yeah. environment Yeah, to, that fosters better sex. Totally. And that, to be fair, like, I've been in situations where I've had, like, lovers who weren't, we were not in monogamous relationships, but just sort of had an arrangement. And that has led to great sex as well. Um, I like uh, the anonymous sex of just, like, picking someone up and Yeah, that's fun for all totally different reasons. Exactly, exactly. But if I'm thinking about, like, the best sex I've ever had, that, they, that was never during an anonymous encounter. It was always mm-hmm. with someone that, like, we had breakfast the next day. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, at, the at breakfast. Well, hopefully we had breakfast. We had lunch. We had, we had <laughs> sex all through the morning and then we had lunch. Oh, fuck yes. Um, so have you been in a lot of long-term relationships? I have been in a couple. I've probably been in about... I've, long-term relationships, I've been in a two, three, three long-term relationships. But the best relationship I was ever in was lasted four months. It lasted a winter. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, 12 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, 12 years younger than me? 10 years younger? He was younger than me. He was younger than you. Yeah, he was significantly younger than me. And uh, it was one of those relationships that you, like, you go into being like, this is not going to, this is just whatever, we'll see, it's fine. And then we fell in love, and it was like, completely took us both by surprise, and then he had a job opportunity that took him far away, and we went, okay, and that was sort of the end of that. Yeah. Um, And it was sort it was really, it happened really suddenly, and it ended really suddenly, and, and it was damn good oh while it lasted. Oh my god, the sex was so good. <laughs> what was good about it? Well, we had sex all the time. That's a great. Yeah. That's a good thing. We had sex every day. Wow. We had sex every day, Fuck. sometimes twice a day. He was in great shape, and he and I only say that because th- that led to like stamina and being able to like yes. pick me up and toss me around, which is for me fun because I'm like five seven and a size twelve, so. I like to feel little little and diminutive and, and like I can be overpowered and what have you. And that then requires a certain type of man. Yeah. Um, a fit man. A fit man. <laughs> he was a fit man. He is a fit man still. Um, and he also just had no um, hangups about sex. Like he knew what he liked and he knew what he didn't. But he was also just willing to experiment. He was like, he didn't have this sort of um, idea of like, well, you come and I come and that's the end of sex. Yeah. Uh, an idea, preconceived no. idea of what sex should be. No. No. Completely open to it. Uh, was whatever to is learn. pleasurable. Yeah. Let's just do yeah. whatever. Let's experiment and have fun and not worry about it. That's great. And it was fantastic. And we had lots of sex. And we became sort of like the people that everyone hated. Because we were like, you know, joking about like, I would give him a blow. I would blow him like every day. And his friends would be like, How? Why? I don't know why. She just likes to do it. And I'm like, I do. I just like to do it. It's like, it's the best blowjob I've ever had. Which yes. I, I have a theory about Which is a, another reason why you like doing it, probably. Because yeah. he thought it was the, the best, best blowjob he's ever had. And vice versa. His rule yes. is that I should come twice for every time he comes. Yes. So, like, who doesn't want to date that guy? Exactly. So you're, sorry, you're going to say about blowjobs. You I have, have a theory, theory about mm. blowjobs. Mm-hmm. So, because I sort of went through this phase. Well, I don't know if it's a phase. I went, uh, I got out of a relationship with somebody and then started dating guys who were younger than me, but I turned into, like, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Days of Confused where I just kept getting older and they kept staying the same age. <laughs> so I was just dating 25-year-olds as I like got older and older and older into my 30s. Um, and I kept coming across these men in their mid-20s who would explain to me that they don't like blowjobs. Mm. They don't come from blowjobs. Like, it's fine, but it's just not their thing. Yeah. And then I would give them a blowjob and it would like ch- they would change their life, which... I'm very good at it, but I don't think that I possess a magical skill set. Like, there's no great alchemy in my mouth. Don't have a magical mouth, magical tongue. Nope. But my theory was, 
there's a whole bunch of women out there who are who don't want to give blowjobs yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's cool. I was one of them for a long time. But because of that, they're doing something that they don't want to do. And so they're not doing it, for lack of a better word, well. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it begrudgingly. Or with, or with gusto. With gusto, or... with any enthusiasm. And they're doing it begrudgingly because they don't want to do it. And they probably don't want to do it because their partner is not reciprocating. Like there's something sort and of vice, Yeah, and, and it goes both ways. Yeah. Like, so he, he doesn't enjoy it because of that, she and doesn't, she doesn't enjoy it because and of that. It becomes that. this awkward thing that they don't really want to do, but they're doing anyway because it's they part think, of the sexual repertoire that we've been taught is what sex is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to someone on the podcast, um, and they were saying that, yeah, a lot of men feel like they need to like blowjobs, that that's where it's at, yeah. and that's and then that couples can go on for years where she doesn't enjoy giving the blowjob because he's not enjoying it, yeah, and vice versa. And now you've got this couple, but they keep doing they don't it. Do in bed, which is because they think that that's, that's what they're what, supposed to do. Yeah, and so it breeds this weird thing within the culture that no one's talking about of us literally doing something that is against our instincts or against our will sexually, mm-hmm. which is bad for you mm-hmm. um, because you think you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then they then they end up with me, not all of them. All, not all <laughs> they of all them, end up with Jessica Greco. With <laughs> and then I come across them and I give them a blowjob that changes their life. And it's like, well, I just am really enthusiastic and I'm listening to your body and I'm paying attention and I want to do this and I want to be here. And I'm sure you're good too. I'm, sure, I'm good at it. But like, <laughs> it's the same, but I, want, like, I didn't like them for the longest time. I didn't want to give my, my, I was in a relationship for like seven years and I put, a poor man. I probably gave him like a handful of blowjobs over yeah. the course of the time. I didn't enjoy it. He didn't enjoy it. And why? Yeah. Fast. Why do you think that you didn't? I think it was half of it was probably spiteful because he wasn't going down on me enough. Ah, and half yes. of it was because uh, it just it didn't do like it didn't serve and it didn't heighten our sex life at all. Yeah. So it wasn't fun for us. It was it was perfunctory. So why do it? Yeah. And well, at least you stopped doing it. I stopped doing <laughs> Whereas it. a lot of people w- will it. continue after that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Which so now sad. I give a man a blowjob and he like passes out and blacks out and it's like oh I broke him I accidentally broke him <laughs> he died he did that's happened a couple times a couple have passed out I'm like whoopsie no what whoa Twice. what do you dudes. what do you mean they well, they hyperventilate I lay them down because that way they don't have far to go <laughs> so you're saying they actually they passed out, out. Like, they get starry and they start to black out because they still like, hold they're their hyperventilating breath, they're and they hold their breath yeah. you're fucking kidding me two people have two done that dudes, yeah. okay I'm sorry that's a good blowjob <laughs> it's a good blowjob right. Right? But it's fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> it's a good blowjob. Yeah, I had um, I had a partner that uh, one of my favorite things he would do um, is he would actually set a timer for ten minutes and just be like, "You do what you want to do." Like, like it, it's a blowjob, yeah. but like you just do your, you do you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. right now for 10 minutes like this is your moment to you know enjoy and have fun yeah Yeah. do whatever you want to do and that was like one of the most fun things I think I've ever done in a bedroom is having that sort of like uh free play yeah just like yeah a free play moment that's my one rule with blowjobs I'm like you keep your hands to yourself yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, put your hands back and keep your hands to yourself. Yes. This is this is about me doing this to you for you. And that was exactly, yeah, yeah, the same type of thing. Yeah. So it was just like lay back, yeah, hands behind the head or yeah, relax. Where... I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got it. I got the wheel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, well, take, the wheel. Just take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> 
Um, so you enjoy blowjobs. You mm-hmm. enjoy uh, sex within a long-term relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're making the list. Um, I enjoy <laughs> sex in strange places. Oh, like where? Um... You know what the fantasy that I've never been able to achieve is, and I still have, is the elevator. I want the elevator sex. Some elevator sex. I want some elevator sex. That's got to be quick. Or are you talking about press, I don't know pressing what I'm talking the? About. Or doing the thing where you somehow like have a dress on and manage to like have sex, and then just hold it when someone comes in and pretends like you're not having sex. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, are you riding up and down? <laughs> In the elevator. Know. Depends how good the sex is. Yeah, do you keep going? Do you go down to the parking and do then go, go back to, oh, no, and then go the back elevator. up okay. and then um, up to the penthouse? I don't know. And then back Maybe it's like in some really tall building. Yeah, over the course of an hour floors. and you just yeah, keep just up keep and down. Riding it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really way. like the idea of almost getting caught. That for me is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of popped up throughout my sexual experiences, even from like losing my virginity on is the sort of thing of almost getting caught. Yeah. So elevators feel, because you just don't know. Yeah. It's like Russian roulette with every floor. I don't know. <laughs> is this during rush hour? I don't is know. Is Where? Yeah. <laughs> I had sex in the cab of a pesticide truck once. The cab of a pesticide truck. Yeah. Was the guy... No, he didn't work in pesticides. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know why we had access to the truck, but we had... But you did. The, but we had access to the truck. We had keys And you had sex truck, in it. And we had sex in it. Yeah, at the side of a highway. Um, nice. Had to be done. Where else have I... Like, you know, the obvious, like, on a park, like, in park playgrounds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, in a bush. <laughs> in a bu- yeah. Never in a bush. Although I have had sex, like, in Algonquin Park, like, in the bush, not a bush. <laughs> In the Australian in the, bush. Yeah, in the, like out back. In the bush. Yeah, in the bush, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I had sex on a boat once, once with my ex, and he had his bare ass in the air, and he got stuck in the butt by a bee, and he was so <gasps> mad. A bee. He blamed me. <laughs> like, I had done it to him somehow. Like, I had ushered the bee over his ass. Um, <laughs> I had a friend who said he recently had sex like, they cl- did a mountain hike, like, essentially yeah. a mountain climb, and then had sex, like, at the, top, the, of the top of a mountain, and he's like, it was just so, it was so amazing. <laughs> he's like, like, the top of a fucking mountain. I'm like, oh my god, I've done so many uh, mountain climbs, like, I used to live in Canmore, Alberta, yeah, yeah. for a time, and did we did- Did you ever want to have sex when you got to and the And then, I never had sex up there! Cool. Why? Why didn't I? I missed out. I totally. So many missed opportunities (laughs) to have sex on top of a mountain. Yeah, like, I feel like, as for weird places, I think I did that when I was really young. I think, like, I, my second time having sex ever was in a park at night. And I think, like, we'd have, we'd fool around for sure, like, in a hockey rink one time. Nice. That's so Canadian. Yeah, yeah. It was the roof of a hockey rink. Ooh, that's up, sexy! Up to the roof of a hockey I, my rink. My first kiss was behind a hockey rink. <laughs> we're so, we're so Canadians. So Canucky. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, like, in high school, oh, like, in the stairwells of high school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I would, no. I never got sexy in high school. No? No, my high school was an arts high school mm-hmm. um, that was, like, six to one m- women to men. Okay. And then at least half of the dudes were gay. Um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, a bunch of car sex happened when we were young. I'm not built for car sex. Yeah. I'm too I'm, long. I mean, it's not, it wasn't comfortable. No. I mean, actually, in one one case it was comfortable because he had, like, 
one of those huge vans with the I was t- say huge dicks. dicks. One of those huge <laughs> dicks. No, one of these huge vans where like two of the rows of seats were removed because oh. so they had that huge cabin yes, yes, yes. Uh, in That's this van. That's so reasonable. actually, we used that a lot. We had a lot of sex in that van. <laughs> That's cool. Because as kids, like we. You couldn't really go to your house because no. you lived with your parents. No, 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 no. I lost so my virginity. to be invented. I think Inventive. in a van. In a van, yeah. I think it's it's all a bit of a blur. It was either in a van or in the basement of his house, his family's mm-hmm. home, and it was all within like twelve hours of each other. So I'm not super clear. That's um, funny. That's similar with me. We are, my first time was like very quickly in the basement of yeah. like my house, my parents' house. Just had to be very, very quickly, like after school one time, we were like, we like we have 20 minute, a 20 minute window. Plenty of time. (laughs) Which, you know. As teenagers, it's time. time. I mean, it wasn't good sex. (laughs) No, of course not. It was like one and done. Um, but yeah, and then the second time was like immediately in the park, like yeah. really quickly. You just after. need to get. You just try to get it done. You just want it to happen so bad. Well, this was a different setup because we. Oh lord! So he was my <laughs> best friend's older brother, and he was in Ooh. town because he had just broken up with his fiance, and it was like Christmas break. Uh, and so he flew home, and we connected at a Christmas party, and. Um, he was always like handsome and older and cute. Oh yeah. I was into it. And, uh, and so we went out a couple times and then I called him one night. We actually wrote a sketch about this. I called him one night because I had gotten a chain letter in the mail. And I had to, this was back in the that 1920s. Dates us. That yeah. dates us. I got a chain letter in the mail and I decided that it was one of those things where if I didn't send it out in time, it was going to be terrible. Yes. It was bad actually, luck. It was, I was like, you know, 17 or 18. I was 18. It's like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> So I was like, no one had stamps. And it was like Christmas break and nothing was open and I needed to send it out tomorrow. And it was this panic situation. Did so you call him friend, to get stamps? Called my best friend. <laughs> and he was not home. So I got his older brother and he's like, what do you need? I'm like, I stamps. need 11 stamps. He's like, 11. This James so specific, Specifically 11 stamps. I had a couple. Uh, <laughs> he's like, what will you give me for? What do you want? Wow. And I negotiated my virginity for 11 stamps. <laughs> No. Yes. No. Oh, 100% I did. On the phone right there. Yes. You were like, I will have sex with you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Because I was also 18 and I was (laughs) acutely aware of the fact that like my virginity was becoming, you're crying right now. I'm like, we cry. Uh, It's so sad. No, it's not. It's true. Um, I was acutely aware that like my virginity was becoming this thing that was going to be a prize that I did not want. I had no attachment to it. I didn't feel like I had to be in love to have sex. I just hadn't met someone that I felt safe enough with to be like this is a scenario where i can have sex with you and i'm gonna walk mm-hmm. away and still feel like i can respect myself and not like i got taken for a ride so you wanted it to happen unceremoniously yeah, i was at this not point. i was not attached to it so mm-hmm. the fact that he was like well what about and i was like sure great did he bring it up he started he didn't say like verbatim you know this is what i want but he's like anything i'm like yeah anything and you both knew what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're okay, like, uh, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home. He's like, I'll come get you. I'm and like, that was all that was said? I'll come home. I'll come get you. Bring the stamps. That's what God said. <laughs> <laughs> so he did. He brought me. And, we, and I think must have been in the van the first time. And we had sex in his family minivan in his family's driveway while his whole family, including my best <laughs> no, friend, were asleep. They were in sleep inside. We were in the front driveway. In <laughs> no, the in the driveway. We didn't even go anywhere. No, we didn't go anywhere. We're doing the minivan in the driveway like idiots. Like fucking idiots. And then 
it. And also, for the record, very big dick. Like, oh. not built for a minute. We did not take the seats out. It was not a good... <laughs> No, I and then I f- assumed everyone's dick was gigantic because yeah. I didn't know. Um, Did it go reasonably well? It went or reasonably well, as well as the first he knew time. What he could was go? doing. I did not know what I was doing, and I think he was sort of into that, so okay. he was being very patient with me, right? Which is lovely. Which is a great position to be in. Which is a great uh, position on to a be first in. time. Absolutely. Um, but then, so then he drops me off, and it's like now it's like five o'clock in the morning, and I'm like tiptoeing into my house. Yes. And I tiptoe up the stairs, and I get to the door of my room, and I put my hand on the doorknob, and my mother, my no, father, and no. my sister all go, "Good morning, Jessica." No. And at the same time, and I'm like, <sighs> just let me die. <laughs> let it be over. And they all went back to see my mom. Got up and made tea. And she's like, "Did you have fun?" I'm like, "I had fun." She's like. Who are you with? I'm like, I was with, and we're not going to say his name. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, good. Hey, all right. And breakfast? Yeah, she just, she like knew, but just didn't what say a good mom. anything. Oh, my God. Like, what a good mom. God. And then, yeah, then 12 hours later, I went and had sex with him again in the basement while everyone slept. While Pulp Fiction was on. The, not, never a <laughs> the, sexier movie. The than sexiest Pulp. movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get the stamps? Uh, I got the stamps. <laughs> Just send those my chain, life has that been beautiful ever since. And that's why. I yeah. mean, I mean, yeah, you had to do. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was I so had important. To do it. You had to trade your virginity for the lemon stamps. I don't regret it. Oh, I don't regret God. it. At all. It's turned into a great story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and a great sketch, I'm sure. It was um, an okay sketch. It's a story. Not, not a good. No sketch. one believes it in a sketch. Everyone's like, "That's bad." <laughs> That's wrong. Someone should have stopped her. (laughs) No. Maybe you should change the ages or something. Oh, God. Uh, Jessica, we're going to take a break. I'm sure we are. (laughs) I need a moment. I need a moment. Um, We're going to have a commercial by the folks at Come As You Are. They're awesome. And we'll be right back with Jessica Greco. tell you about Come As You Are. Come As You Are is the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop, and they have a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. This means that Come As You Are is able to ensure that their shop reflects diverse genders, orientations, sexualities, and life experiences, rather than just one person's idea of what sex and sexuality products should be about. Come As You Are is never put in a position where they have to bend their professional or personal ethics to please the man. And they are offering a fantastic discount to Bedpost listeners. That's 15% off at www.comeasyouare.com with coupon code BEDPOST. All you gotta do is type in B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive this generous discount. I truly hope everyone listening goes to the website and sees what these folks are really all about. And I truly hope that you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm Erin Pym, and I'm here with special guest Jessica Greco. I love the way you say it. <laughs> Greco. <laughs> it's a good name. Thank you. It's a really good I name. I like it. I like it. Um, so where are you at right now, kind of in your life? Like, what's your, what's your relationship with sex right now? 
I haven't been particularly sexually active over the last like six, seven months. Mm -hmm. And that's completely by choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I got out of a relationship a couple of years ago that was really great. Mm-hmm. And it sort of changed the bar for me about who I wanted to be involved with. And then I went out and I dated uh, a bunch of people, sort of like looking for that kind of connection. And I ran across some not nice characters. Mm. Uh, and I ended up getting sexually assaulted about two years ago. Really? And that sort of really put me on my heels. I'm very not, sorry to hear that, by the thank way. Thank you. Um, n- not with just sex, but just with being intimate with people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. that took a, uh, about a year to sort of get over in terms of um, just feeling comfortable in scenarios where I wasn't necessarily in control. What did you do to feel better about it? I talked, talked. about it. Yeah, I did. Um, I talked to about friends, it. to professional originally i talked to friends and i talked to male friends the first people i reached out to were a couple of male friends of mine and they were wonderful and really just supportive and listened and were um really there for me but also really encouraged me to to talk to women Mm -hmm. uh and to talk to a professional Mm -hmm. and so i found myself in this group of women who that a friend of mine had hooked me up with who was sort of like a women's group. Like a support group? Not a support group per se. It was actually a group of women that he would uh, had sort of collected over the years and it was sort of like a, a text thread. And none of these women I knew and they were all over North America. But they had all gone through different things and whenever something would come up in the news or in social media or something that was sort of a, a, not a women-centric issue but he wanted a women's opinions on it, he would bring it to the group. Mm. So he invited me to the group and introduced me to these women who I didn't know mm-hmm. but I was able to sort of talk to them without so like knowing an, them. an open forum kind of, an online forum. An online forum. And Mm. they were very uh, encouraging about me getting help uh, Mm. and had been through similar situations. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then I ended up in therapy. Mm -hmm. Found myself a therapist. Mm -hmm. And she was great. And it was funny because the sexual assault sucked. Yeah. Because it just does. Obviously. It just sucks. Yes, of course. But it was sort of of like the straw that broke the camel's back on a year that I was already having. Mm. So for me, it was, it was the, I just, that was the, that was the tipping point. Like I needed, I needed help before that. But but that was the last piece of the puzzle. That was the last piece. So the therapy became about me just getting a hold of my anxiety and depression. Um, And then through that, dealing with what had happened and sort of the feeling of safety and security that had been taken away from me. Mm -hmm. So what I found in the last year is that you know i'm kind of like a sex camel i like to describe myself as where like i'll have a bunch of sex Mm -hmm. and like fill up the hump Mm -hmm. and then not have sex for a while Mm -hmm. and then eventually be like oh i'm thirsty yeah and i need to go on (laughs) like months later yeah yeah yeah, months later so that's sort of what's been going on where my relationship to sex is really based on need Mm -hmm. um and uh and i've been just sort of leaving myself open in terms of uh, connection of like, do I like this person? Don't I like this person? Um, am I interested in this person? Aren't I interested in this person? And those those things don't necessarily have to link back to sex with that person. Because mm-hmm. my sex can be with people that I'm not necessarily interested in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, or I am. Yeah. It can be either or at this point. It can be either or. Yep. But I've been single essentially for about seven months. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And been like, I wouldn't say like, firmly celibate <laughs> I'd say like kind of celibate for those seven months with like little vacations out of celibacy off and on yeah, yeah, celibacy yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do you masturbate yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I'm masturbating a lot lately it's the summer yeah, is like, that why is, is that like, why because you're naked and you're hot and you're naked <laughs> everyone else is naked and hot and everyone's naked and hot you know what I mean like we're all just walking around 
half dressed all the time. Yeah, like yeah. music in concert venues and outside and in public. Yeah, yeah, you're drunk and out too late and walking home. I don't know. It just to me, it's like some right about for, the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you use toys? Do you? What's the no. setup? What's the setup? Do you watch porn? Do you? Yes, I do watch porn. I don't use toys. I would like to use toys. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Yes, I was gifted a vibrator once many years ago uh-huh. uh, and broke it. Uh, <laughs> they break. They break. They break. I overused it. I broke it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, this is so funny. So I've written a short film we're shooting at the end of the week about just sex and a couple of instances are based on my life. And mm-hmm. one of my boyfriends um, bought me a vibrator. But we broke up before I got it. And then I saw him afterwards, and he wanted to give me the vibrator. Still give it to you? And I was like, don't do that. No, I, I don't want this vibrator. I don't vibrator. want it. It feels weird. And then for, for, for like a month and a half after that, he kept saying he was going to drop it off at my house. So I didn't buy one because I was like, well, maybe I'm getting a free vibrator. I don't know. So I didn't. And now I don't have one. I kind of want one. But I don't, I'm like, I keep getting to the point where I'm like, do I want to, how much money do I want to spend? Do I want to invest? Mm-hmm. Should I get online? Like, I get overwhelmed with choice, and then I go, ugh, my hands are fine. <laughs> so I'll just do the hand Yeah, thing. I'll just go to the laundromat and like, just, like, lean <laughs> and just, just lean up against the corner of that. Ugh. Or I'll call someone. Lately. You up? I recently texted someone you up at three in the afternoon just for fun. <laughs> he was there in 20 minutes. He's <laughs> so like, yes, I am, and I'm you in up? a cab. <laughs> Not only am I up, I'm on my I'm way. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, tell me about this. You just mentioned you're doing a film. Yeah. Tell I'm me doing, about okay, this. Okay, so I wrote a short film. I wrote, I wanted, I'm writing a, there's a short film called Jessica Jessica. Um, it's me and another actress named Jessica Hinkson. Mm-hmm. And we had wanted to work together and we, we wanted to, we wanted to do something that was about being single and in your thirties. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel like there isn't a lot out there that reflects that experience that doesn't revolve around women either being disconnected from their sexuality or desperate to have a baby. And so every, they're just in this place of like, I'm single and I'm in my thirties. So I, there's a void in my life that I'm trying to fill and hopefully it will be with a man and a child and a family and everything that I'm supposed to want. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's great, but that does not represent the public. A lot of people. Yeah. It leaves (laughs) a lot of us out. Um, And it also is this misnomer of like casual sex that women can't have casual sex. Mm -hmm. Um, which I've always had. I've never, I've, since I lost my virginity, I've always been like, sex and love are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that they have to go together, and they definitely don't have to go together for me, and I don't like the assumption that there's something wrong if they don't. Mm-hmm. So the film is about two women. It's a short film. It's a proof of concept, which will probably end up being a feature, which I'll have to write. Yes, which just means though. that every- Good problem to have, though. Good problem to have. Bad problem for everyone I've ever slept with, because it's all <laughs> going in the script, baby. <laughs> Um, no, so it's based on this experience that I, I had uh, loosely, um, the two of us separately, these two characters. One, they're two best friends. One is waking up next to somebody uh, the morning after mm-hmm. a one-night stand, and the other one is uh, sitting outside her ex's house mm-hmm. at dawn, just doing that creepy thing that we do sometimes. <laughs> just waiting. Just smoking cigarettes, sitting there staring at the house, not knowing why you're there, hating yourself. <laughs> Um, and the guy in the one night stand scenario obviously wants to like have breakfast and morning sex and the girl's like, see ya, I got stuff to do and try to get him out of the house and explain to him (laughs) in a way that's like, yeah, boy, bye. You did your job. See you later. (laughs) Don't let the door hit ya. Um, 
And the flip of that is, is the girl sort of having that interaction with the dude who she's sitting in front of the house of, who she doesn't actually want to be with, but is just kind of drawn to anyway, and knows that he's not the guy. <laughs> and the whole interaction just reaffirms that he's not the guy, but she's still just like, oh, but he looks so good. Yeah, but sometimes I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of ends up being about the two girls' friendship, like coming back together and just sort of um, how happiness has evolved, at least in, for me in my 30s, where like the ideal of what... I'm supposed to want and supposed to have mm-hmm. has to evolve or I will forever be disappointed in my life. Yeah. The idea of what you thought you were going to get at 16. I don't know anybody who got what they thought they were going to get at 16. So I would not be happy if I no. had the things that I wanted at 16. I don't I, know many people who would be, Yeah, but there's a programming thing of like letting that go and letting what you do have sort of rise. Yeah, accepting the actual circumstances. And how wonderful those things can be. Like, having intimate relationships don't have to be with people you have sex with. Mm -hmm. They can be with other people in your life. And to not think... For me, growing up, like, with relationships and with sex and with the family and stuff like that, it's like, you have... I had to turn off the long-term thinking like turn off the long-term thinking and just try to be happy now like what do you want what do you need to change in your life what do you need to do to be happy now yeah not what making choices about what you what will make you happy in the future 10 years down the road longer like but where you are who you are yeah right now now, what serves you yeah what serves you now doesn't yeah Boy, bye. Boy, bye, right? Boy, bye. So that's also been a fun thing. It's like, so I've been doing Fringe for the last two weeks and just eating everything and not resting and my skin is broken out and I'm shooting this film at the end of the week and the boys are like working out twice a day. (laughs) They're just like getting, like getting all chiseled handsome. I'm like, oh, Oh this is going to be great. (laughs) I cast you all to be handsome and gorgeous and I get to- And I show up like this. Yeah. And I'm literally the girl on the sidewalk smoking cigarettes, like in a baseball cap, hating myself. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I love it. That sounds amazing, though. It's great. Um, it's going to be cool. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Where will that, like, be released? Or where will I don't know. I mean, we got to make it first. So yeah. um, the dream, the dream, the dream, the dream, mm-hmm. where we want it to be together for uh, Sundance. We want to submit it to wow. Sundance for um, for their international short film program. And uh, obviously all kinds of festivals after that. But that was sort of the deadline, the goal that we had. I went to Sundance, but two years ago with a film mm-hmm. and it was like it was bucket list man it was everything I my 16 year old self had dreamed of and I, <laughs> and I was in a film with like Chloe Sevigny and Natasha Lyonne and I'm wow. like Sundance and wow. I'm just like this is it I made it this is all I ever wanted so that once I got a taste of of that I went let's make something and send it there yeah let's 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 be the entrepreneurial the, well yeah because natasha was the producer of that film and i remember thinking like all right so she's the lead and she's the producer and I've, she did it she did it and i've run into lots of people who just are um especially women who are creators and just self-starters and i really dig that yeah so why not we're, we're only we're the ones writing those parts for us yeah yeah you got to make your own work yeah you got to make your own work and if you don't want to be a victim which was what i spent the first 10 12 years of my career playing were women who were victims of something awful or the wife of something, someone who had something awful done to them or their baby had died. Like, all you do is cry. And I was like, fuck oh, this. Fuck this, man. This is boring. And I don't love it. And it's it's, it's taking from me and not giving back. So. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny that you mentioned Natasha Leon because uh, she was just on uh, the RuPaul podcast, which oh, yeah? is a podcast I listen to religiously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I have... Um, 
What's the movie? But I'm a cheerleader. Oh only yes, a yes, cheerleader. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? What's um, it called? But I'm only. But I'm. I think it's. But I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. That's but sitting on and, my counter right now. Oh my god! It's my so friend lent it to me. Did yeah. You try and talk her out of being a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody just. Uh, I I've never seen it, and I've yet to watch it even now. But it's sitting there oh, waiting for me. You gotta watch it. Oh yeah, that's what my my friend was like. You of all people. You love it. <laughs> need to see She's this. amazing. She's a thunderstorm of a human being. She's awesome. Yeah. She's very chill and cool. And, and I mean, I also just a finished. Great ally and... Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I also just finished Orange is the New Black, the new season that was up on Netflix. Fantastic. Fucking fantastic. She gets a makeover. It's hilarious. <laughs> she looks terrible in her makeover. And she's got to just sit in that look for, like, the last four episodes of these, like, weird layered... I know. The bangs. Straightened, yeah, and bangs. It's just, like, so perfect. She's so cool. And, like, I didn't meet her in the auditioning process, but my first day on set in Sudbury, she was in a car, in a scene, filming. Mm-hmm. And I was being walked onto set, and she, like, climbed out of the window of the car car and went Greco Greco's here and I was like oh, I wow. never met her I was like hi Natasha <laughs> can I call you that I'm gonna call you Ms. that Leon. Leon. <laughs> you're so cool that's cool man yeah. uh, cool chick cool cool chick yeah so we're making a movie and we might make it a tv series we might make it a feature film but right now it's gonna be a short to start man that's amazing yeah you know I had 20 minutes after Fringe I thought I'd make a movie like an <laughs> idiot <laughs> yeah. And I like how I book you directly after Fringe. I signed up for it. I was like, yeah, no, because I, I wanted to do it. Like, she's, not gonna, she's not going to be busy no. <laughs> with any thousand I projects. I got pants on for you. Yeah, you did. I never wear pants. Ask anyone who knows me. I'm the first person to take my pants off. Sometimes when things are tense, I offer to take my pants off. Like, if you were upset, I'd be like, do you, do you want to take need me off? to do this for do you? Do you want me to take, I'll take my pants off. <laughs> I'm getting up. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I do, I'm taking I'm my pants off. I've done it, and, like, really, like, people have died, and I'm like, what if I take my pants off, and I'm sitting there without my pants on just to try and break the tension? Does anything to do anything? Just take them off. You'll feel I, better. I'm, a, I'm the same thing. As soon as I get home, clothes are off. Is it the trail from the door? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I can't, yeah, I can't even get in a room first. Yeah, it's like, I might still have my shoes on, but the top <laughs> is off. <laughs> like, the jewelry's off. God, God. Get, get rid of it. <laughs> I need oh, to be okay. in my natural state. I was listening to one of the podcasts recently, you were talking about how you just, like, walk around naked all the time. Yes. And how Matt is, like, he's like, that's great. But it would also be sexy if you wore clothes sometimes. <laughs> And I think I've had that problem with partners too. That I'm like, but I'm naked. They're like, you're always naked. Yeah, that's not sexy that's not to a me. New thing. That's not a- so I started wearing a, like around the house for me because I thought it was sexy, like vintage silk slips. Like that was my like Shut lounging up. clothes instead of like like pajama pants. I was like, I'd put on a silk slip, which is very, feel very comfortable. But also, there's something to be said for when like someone comes to the door and you just have and you're to like hello. You're like po- posed yeah, on the. Sh- on the- <laughs> like a black silk slip with like lace all over the decolletage. No big deal. I've been waiting. I've just oh, you caught me so unaware. <laughs> Damn, I should do that. <laughs> does it feel like you're naked still? Because that's important to me. It does because no, and let's get real about it. It does because a silk slip. First of all, it's like a very light, soft fabric, but you get the breeze, right? Okay, that's very. That's what important you want. To me. You want to air out the parts. You mm-hmm. want everything to have like sort of a certain freedom to it. Yeah, I, I want my armpits out. Yeah, armpits, I want my crotch badge, out. Yeah, let's get everything. It all, yeah, for sure. My boobs are substantial, mm-hmm. so <laughs> usually. I like I can only do the no bra thing for a few hours before I'm like this isn't fun for me anymore. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah, I highly recommend the silk slip mode. Oh man, I gotta go yeah. out, go out to. But this s- old thing, yeah, <laughs> this old thing, <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> so Jessica, we're pretty much at time no, here. No, we'll have to have you back. Okay. Um, can you tell people about where they can follow you? So, if you want to see more of me or hear more of me in general, Thirty Two Short Sketches About Bees is closed at the Toronto Fringe, but we will be coming to Second City this fall. Also, the film Jessica Jessica is being shot right now, and hopefully you'll be able to find it soon. But to follow us on social media, it's JJ Films uh, 2017 uh, on Twitter and Jessica Jessica Film on Instagram. But my personal Instagram and Twitter is the Jessica Greco. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy uh, schedule. It was my pleasure. To come and talk to me today. So nice to meet you. Like, actually talk to you, <laughs> just like in general. Um, we know so much about each other in such a short period of time. I know, right? We're the best friends now. Forever. Uh, forever best friends. We should get the necklace. Those 90s necklaces that Go fit together. toy with me, Aaron. <laughs> Quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> Everybody, this has been Jessica Greco. I'm Aaron Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back often, everyone, because we release a new episode every Friday. And if you want to see Bedpost live, the Variety Stage Show runs at the Social Capital Theatre the third Friday of every month at 8. Uh, for more information on everything Bedpost, visit us on, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we have a new website, bedpost.ca. And lastly, the Bedpost Podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached on Facebook or at her website, Steph Copeland. Music.com.